How's it going, everybody? Hey, hey. I'm excited. <laughs> I have uh, my friend of 30 years. 30 years. With us today. Yes, he is a former newspaper man, uh, a Cub fan par excellence, <laughs> a uh, raconteur of the First Order, and uh, he's just authored a book called The Camper Book. And read this quote about it. I thought I might discover the meaning of boundaries in place from my travels, writes Hoekstra. But I learned that place has no borders in the camping world. Place can be as far as the horizon or as near as memory carved in a picnic bench. That's worthy of studs. Yeah. Welcome, Dave Hoekstra. Yeah, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's we're nice. thrilled to have you. The The Camper book is just out now, and it feels like you've been working on this for a long, long time. I have been working on it a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, now, now I, I have to disclose that I uh, tricked out the outside of your yeah. camper. Yeah, that looks so badass, yeah. man. Yeah. I remember seeing it, like, it was about a, a year ago or so. And just... Hoekstra meets girls that way. Oh. Well, they pull up next <laughs> We're to working on that. Oh, oh, look, at <laughs> he likes birds. He's so <laughs> sensitive. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I go, uh, it's funny, I, you go, go in rural area. I remember, well, Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was at a stoplight in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and somebody smiles and gives me a thumbs up when yeah. you see the birds and stuff. It right. seems cool. to play a little better outside of cities than it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you won't. Well, you know, I mean, people. You know, once you get beyond uh, the city limits, people have a certain sensitivity to nature because they're so much closer to it. Oh and, yeah. And the weird yeah. thing is, Definitely. is that in the city, um, you, we have to always remember that we're part of a large and vast ecosystem, mm-hmm. and that when we forget that we're we're part of nature, you know, nature suffers, and so do we. I mean. You know, just two blocks away every night, man, this Cooper's Hawk puts in and keeps an eye on all the bird feeders in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but uh, no, there was a, uh, there's a, uh, you guys got to go there. You got to take your show there. The Big Texan Steakhouse on Route 66 in yeah. Amarillo, Texas. With I've never big, been to the Texas. The big neon so cowboy. I'm due. It's, yeah, it's really, really a yeah. fun place in 72 ounce state. Anyway, there's, oh. a, there's a little portion of the, uh, in the book about that. Anyway, they have a, um, they have a campground right next to it. And what they do is they have these guys, I, I put the camper in there, and they have these guys that shuttle you with, uh, with Cadillacs with big, uh, steers on the, on the hood and stuff, and they shuttle you back. Back and forth to the to the big Texan steakhouse. Anyway, so one morning I'm waking up in the campground, and there's a lady. She's from Wisconsin. She's in the book, and they're just walking around the van, looking at all the birds, oh, and really? asking cool. me about the birds and stuff. So that, I think that's in that chapter where we, we bring you into the book too. Well, but this it was is really great. I mean, all yeah. the people you talk to who are also like camper van enthusiasts, um, Jeff Daniels. Yeah, we uh, yeah he did the forward for the book, and uh, same thing. He he likes to take it up to the up. He's got a big. You know, he actually had a big one, a big big motorhome, and he downsized yeah. a little bit to something yeah. more like what we got, like a Ford Transit. Van. You know, Joe Madden. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's got a big one. Does yeah, he? Does he go to the dead shows? Yeah. in the camper. Van? I could I could definitely <laughs> see. Yeah, I could definitely see. Yeah. That. Um, 
Dave, have you always been a camper, or is, is is this a new thing, or is this something you've done all your life? That's a good question. I've always liked the road. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I've camped like in tents. Okay. Cool. You know, I've, I've never camped met in my car. Yeah. <laughs> I actually oh, went. So have I. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a camping guy. I would say I went to a, I went to a sleepaway camp for like ten years of my life. Uh, the oldest camp of like uh, Phantom, oh, Lake Phantom Lake in McGuanago, yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. and um, yeah, man, it's really great to like get lost and this was a time when like you know you had to you couldn't have your cell phone i think policies have changed now since everyone's addicted to their phone or something but i'm sure you get some time to use it but you were just completely just with your buddies that you get to see only in the summer and you have this connection it's like you pick off where it left last summer there's something beautiful about camping and when i look at you talk i'm like looking at this guy i go this guy camps but and then i'm looking at this guy this guy gets room service you don't camp <laughs> every time you dropped us off at the camp you're looking around you're like jesus christ it's like it's like well uh, there were these little like out, military outbuildings <laughs> there were these little outbuildings with nothing on the in the walls but screens you know all outside and there were like yeah. 10 of them it looked like an outdoor prison. It looked like Angola, you know? We've got and I'm check. thinking, and it's, it was it's, expensive. It's like... We're having the time well, of our lives. My this kid's kid getting a, they're getting a grand a week from us for the kids, and it's like, where's the grand go? There's a big <laughs> lake, so they swim in the lake. Uh, there's no ponies and shit, you know. They got bone arrows, you know, and they got a shit outside. I mean, it's like there's it, a certain amount of rustic thing. Now I understand the campgrounds; they have indoor showers and oh, yeah. bathrooms, yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, they're quite a, they're quite fun. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? You, you hang around the shower a lot. <laughs> no, a, there's a section of the book with John Prine, and he how he got an RV, but he's the exact same thing. We talked about this road trip he did with his wife, and they ended up staying in hotel rooms most of the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Steinbeck even we talk. About about that in the book even with travels with charlie you know a lot of times he wasn't always camping with travels with charlie you know his wife would come meet him and they'd get a hotel room and stuff yeah it's, well yeah you know, i to be honest we did about 75 percent uh you know camping and when things got really tired and i needed a good yeah. shower or something i'd get a hotel room. i think that's yeah. fair yeah you know but um now the the campgrounds of America, but they do have like running hot and cold water and showers oh, mm-hmm. and yeah, bathrooms. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. Some of them are really nice swimming pools and stuff. Gift gift shops. Yeah, pools. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some have, yeah. A lot of them have swimming pools. Seasonal. Maybe swimming I should pools. try this yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah. We know. don't go too much. We do a couple KOAs in the book, but I find the um, independent ones a little more interesting. Can, can you rent like a camper van? Can you rent yeah, oh, one sure. of those? an RV? Yeah, yeah, yeah you man. can do that. We did that a lot for the Sun Times. I mean, um, one year back in the we were talking about my friend Tom Velodic. One year, like in 85, we went down and rented a big motorhome to cover the uh, Elvis Presley death week in, in uh, Memphis. And, 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 there's a, there's a, and that's in the book, the Elvis Presley campground. And we all, you know, it's Elvis fans and RVs and stuff. Another time, the Sun-Times let me... Cooking re- peanut butter banana sandwiches yeah. <laughs> over, the, over the campfire, baby. Yeah. TCB. Another, <laughs> TCB, baby. Another time, me and Angie, my buddy Angie, we took a, a RV to the Super Bowl. And Angie we, of the famous yeah. potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, great drummer. When the nice. when the Bears lost to Indianapolis, that was in Miami. That was the Prince. Oh, that was the man. Prince halftime show. Best. Uh, so I, I halftime I, show in the history yeah. of the Super Bowl. Oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Speaking of of, of mm-hmm. football, you know that that fuckhead who's the head of the National oh, Football it's... League, telling uh, players that can't take a knee. Uh, Roger Goodell, 
Fuck you. Yeah, well, we've never and, been a fan of Roger Goodell. No, no, I've never been a how fan. Much is, how much is I've been Trump... watching the NFL in five years. I've read. I've heard a little bit about it today coming down here. How much is Trump behind that? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's this a is the NFL, yeah. kneeling yeah. and bobbing Donald Trump. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Uh, Trump benefits off of, you know, the kneel, you know, the, the pro, or, or the, you know, the... The no kneel, you know, he's playing, I, yeah, it's, it's oh yeah, you know, pandering to his audience again. With yeah, that type of stuff. exactly. Yeah, so yeah. He, he he's just, turning into this he into wins the country, in, into the kind of country that Putin turned Russia into. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's really important to get out in the streets and just you know vote. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Protest I, I, vote, yeah. You know, to all the people. I would donate the camper van to registration drives so yeah. we could all go. <laughs> to, to all the people who Hell didn't yeah. vote in the last oh, yeah. election, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's but your vote, fault. Yeah, but vote next time so you can 50% get. 50% yeah. of the populace didn't vote. Yeah, I know. You know. I mean, you were going around the country during the run-up to that election. What? Yeah, it was the summer of 2016. What? What? <laughs> what what did you notice uh, as you were going from place to place during the election run? I mean, what was happening? What were you hearing from people? Things weren't obviously things weren't as as, as wild as intense as they are now. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, politics. I think uh, when you talk about the big RVs and the big motorhomes, I think that is kind of conservative uh, group. You know, mm-hmm. and if you want to talk about generalizations, it's always hard to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's a conservative lot. But I didn't hear a lot. Of, I, I, I often wonder, even as I was writing the text. How it would be if I was out, out there now? You know, you know uh, my friend Anthony uh, moved down to New Orleans, New Orleans right? Yeah. Um, and uh, before he did that, he took several trips. And he called me up when he got to New Orleans one time. And he said, uh, it was about a month before the election. He said, Trump's going to win. He goes, I saw a thousand miles of Trump signs. And I thought, no, you know, I mean, yeah. sure, you know, I mean, they're, uh, the red states will vote for him, you know. Um, but there's no way he's going to win, uh, particularly, you know, what destroys me is he took Ohio and Pennsylvania. Michigan, Wisconsin? Michigan. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, it didn't help that Hillary was a shitty candidate. I mean, yeah, she, yeah, did, yeah, she did totally, not campaign totally. in any of those states, but... You had a unique well. What, what, kind what let, of, me, uh, let me let me say this. I mean, there's two there's two things going on, and what what this book is about. It's kind of about um, you know a guidebook, um, a travelogue. A lot of it's a personal journey. You know that, yeah. Tony. I mean, I just lost my parents, and their bluebirds are in the van. That's yeah. why the whole uh, uh, bird motif is, is so important and stuff. They love birds and stuff. So I went to campgrounds uh, that maybe a reader would want to go to and check it out. There's a, there's a glossary in the back yeah. of where these places are. But getting back to what's going on in the country, there's a whole nother, and I think a woman did a book on this, there's a whole nother group of people that aren't so much in my book that are just completely off the grid, and they're broke, and they have no money, and they can't afford a mortgage, and they're living in these things. They're living in these motorhomes. And one thing we just, you know, we we didn't have a travel budget, so I I paid for this um, all on my own. There's There's a... we never got there, but I know um, over in Silicon Valley, there's all these big RVs that people just live in them because they can't afford the housing up by San Jose and stuff. So they're wow, living wow. and working in these places like Google and stuff, and they're living in motor. Now, did you? Did you? So there's get a, a whole world talk- like that. You know, it's crazy. Did you get a chance to talk to any of them? 
Well, no, we did, we just didn't have the money to go out there. We did a California swing. We went to Salinas. Mm. We, we we paid homage to uh, Steinbeck. We went to the Steinbeck Museum. We saw his camper van and stuff, and we I did some camping um, down Did you south. go to by Cannery Row? Yeah, we there? drove yeah. through there. Um, went, went, There's not much we Cannery went, Row left you know, there. We yeah. went. We went. It's not in a book. We went up and had uh, breakfast at Merle Haggard's fi- favorite diner up up, up in north oh, up, up by Lake Shasta. But so it's it's a it's a, you know it's a really trending up for all kinds of reasons. There's there's people doing it like in my book. There's people doing it because they have well, to. Well, you know, do it. you it's always really... see on Facebook people advertising these little tiny mini houses that you can just there's plop that. down. Saw a lot of that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they don't look terribly uncomfortable. I mean, they look like uh, yeah, you know, they're about yep. three hundred square feet. You know, maybe. Um, you know, one thing that connects all the books, and you you know all the books, at least I've done for Chicago Review Press, uh, whether, it be, whether it be supper clubs or soul food in the civil rights yeah. movement, and this book is is a, is a community, the sense of community. It all Absolutely. takes different shapes and form and stuff. And what you see here, it's just really the things I learned is that, I mean, obviously in, in a nice campground, you find people looking out for each other and taking care of each other. But there's also people in their 40s. 30s and 40s. I saw a lot of traveling nurses. They're going off the grid. Yeah. They're trying to find a simpler and whatever terms, lack of a better word, better lifestyle, higher quality lifestyle. They homeschool their kids. Mm-hmm. I saw like a lot of traveling nurses would be in one campground for six months, then they go find a job in another campground. Yeah. And they loved having control of their kids. They liked having their kids be, keep an eye on their kids and seeing their kids yeah. uh, you know, play with other kids and mm-hmm. stuff. So the whole sense of community is really... In these type of campgrounds is really really important, you know, that we have in the book. Well, you know, the, you get compared here to a, a, a couple of heroes. That's a really nice review. That um, the book comes out June first, but that that, that, that review is already yeah, compared yeah, to like, Studs Turkle, yeah. you know, who was my mentor, and and I think yours as well. And William Leesteet Moon, who wrote a wonderful book called Blue Highways. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he also wrote books under the name Bill Trogdon, and. Um, I remember reading Blue Highways when I was about 20 years old and just thinking this uh, this guy's going to arrive at something. This is what this is kind of what America's Americans used to do. What I mean, is Blue Highways about? It, it's about a guy who gets fired from his job and drives all over the little okay. known highways in America and just awesome. takes notes and uh, bears witness to we the people. Um, in it, fact, Studs was one of his first interviews and, uh-huh. and gave the big, uh, the book a big boost. And um, I think what you share with these guys is this innate curiosity about people. I mean, even your career as a newspaper man, you didn't just write about sports or art or features. You were never one of those guys you could put into a box. I mean, you wrote about people. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the crux of your talent was uh, your curiosity about your fellow man. Well, that's nice to say. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I remember <laughs> we took a road trip together yeah, we to Kansas to, City. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. And we got to sit in the living room of Buck O'Neill. And Buck O'Neill was a, uh, a Negro Leagues player who was just phenomenally great. Cool. He played for the Kansas City Monarchs. Scout discovered Billy Scout Williams. for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And Billy Williams and Ernie Banks. Yeah, right. Um, nice. And uh, he, you know, he belonged in the Hall of Fame, and he wanted to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah. Uh, we we spent a morning. Is there still room to get him in the Hall of Fame? I would hope that at some point they realize just how uh, um, wrongheaded it was to not uh, install Buck O'Neill. Not you know? to not to segue, but what, why is the Baseball Hall of Fame so hard to crack? 
as opposed to like the basketball hall thing well, where everybody can get sports it. writers and former yeah, yeah. players. It used to be ball. a lot of old 80 year old sports writers, but I think that's changing a okay, little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also former players. Yeah, right. And, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, they kept Santa out for years because there were guys who just didn't like him. You know, okay. he, he could be a very difficult man to play with, and you know, they didn't like he clicked his heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah they thought he was kind of a hot dog. You know, um, uh, so it's you know, if it were up to me, Ted Simmons would be in the oh, hall of course. Fame. He's got yeah, the yeah. numbers. You know, well, do numbers matter in the Hall of yeah, Fame? They do. Though they actually I, I, do. Well, that's why Buck O'Neill should be in. I think you take that into account, but when you say fame, I think fame is the part that you. Affected the part of the game in some way where you elevated well, yourself well, and you Buck made yourself Buck was a tireless a ambassador for the, yeah. for the and, Negro and, Leagues. Yeah. And uh, Buck did so much for the cause of civil rights. Yeah. Yeah. Integrating the game, you know, just with his tireless yeah. energy, you know. So he has the numbers, he has the fame. Yeah. And he, and you know Keith Oberman was out there swinging the bat to get bucket. You know, I think they but, put a, a statue yeah. of him up up there, but he's not in the hall. But yeah, it's it's, it's one I'm of those sure things that needs that. to be corrected. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, you know, but uh, I I'm so yeah, we did a road trip. Yeah. We, we, we flew, though, didn't we? We didn't drive. We flew. <laughs> <laughs> you wound up renting uh, a car, yeah. and uh, and we, we we got a hotel right by the square there. Yeah. And, um, I, we I, stopped at the same, even though he didn't, wasn't drinking, we stopped at the same bar at different times. We stopped at the same bar at different times. <laughs> <laughs> he was an hour behind me. Yeah, that's awesome. We were, we were watching... We were watching uh, <laughs> Some some band I don't know if it was Garth Brooks or somebody like that. I got friends in low places. We were at the Emporium. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that, you know? that's and still um, I can only handle so much Garth Brooks, and I just decided I'm <laughs> going to make my way home. So I stopped at this you know kind of towny saloon that was full of you know a funny bartender who had some great stories, and you know I had a diet coke and a couple bags of peanuts, and then there you go. I walked back to the hotel. And sure enough, an hour later, he was there, you know. Yeah, but place. yeah, that was a great trip. We I went mean, and saw Satchel Page's grave. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's got poetry on his headstone, you know, all his yeah. famous sayings. Yeah. You know? Cool. Yeah. 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 Do, do you still want to be the guy who gets cremated but still has a, a headstone because <laughs> you're that guy? I want to, I, I don't know if I want a headstone. I mean, I wouldn't mind a plaque with something cool on it somewhere, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, I don't want to, I don't want to be buried in the ground. No. Man. But you know, you say that in your show. I th- Don't you say that in the show? Oh, yeah. One of the shows. Yeah, one of the shows. I don't, I don't remember exactly how that went. I mean, that was. It was something like how I said, you said, because I'm that guy. That's how yeah, you ended. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know, man. Since my parents died, I spent a lot of time at the Naperville Cemetery. I go there more than yeah. I thought I would. And there's some people, they have benches by their headstones. And you should do yeah. that. I could just come and sit and presuming you exactly. die before I would. Yeah. <laughs> and I could just sit there You'd and come, you know, bring your transistor radio, probably play the goddamn Cubs game just, yeah. just to annoy me. And, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, you'll probably put cub shit all over yeah, right. my grave. Yeah, There's right. a reason I'm not getting a grave, you know. <laughs> but speaking uh, of the Cubs, man, what's what's going on with your uh, boys they're, today? They're, 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 they'll be okay. They'll yeah. Be all right. Yeah. 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 They'll be all right. It's good to see Boo Darvish finally won a game. Where would they pay for him? One hundred twenty-six yeah, mil over five years. Yeah. I, was yeah. there, I was out there last night. Is it not? It's it's not working out from what I, I'm gathering. Uh, he's Darvish? you know what? That good game, I have a philosophy or... about Boo Darvish. They should make a reliever out of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling he's like an Eckersley. Yeah. 
You know, Eckersley found his soul as a relief pitcher, you know. And um, uh, we, w- the Sox, they were doing hot in the six games you were bragging about. Where are they now? <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Yeah, okay. They got no pitching, man. They get, First place in baseball. Yeah. Now they don't have a catcher either. Yeah. Castillo. They get fucking shelled yeah. every night, you know. I mean. You, uh, you paying attention to the Bulls a little bit? Yeah, I t- remember one of the last times I told, told yeah. you, I said they'd win 30. They won like 25. Dude, I, I said 15. I, 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 <laughs> I, uh, I, so, yeah. I still like the core of that team. I really I do, do too, I actually. Do like, I actually um, learned to fall in love with them pretty fast. Yeah. Who do you like for that seventh pick? Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I like that guy from Texas, but I don't think he's going to be around. I don't think he is either. Yeah, That's who I want, or Michael Porter Jr. I think he's going to get Are you not worried about fast. his back? He's got that. He I'll take the it. risk. Yeah. I mean, if we have another losing season because we didn't get the right pick, maybe we'll get a better pick next. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He's worth the risk to me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He, may, he may be around. Yeah, the guy from Duke though seems like the guy we're gonna get. Wendell Carter Jr. Uh-huh. He seems uh-huh. like he does some dirty work. I'll like him. What yeah. do you guys think of the Celtics given uh, Cleveland such great. fits, man? That's so cool. That it young. Could, it team, could wind man. up being the Celtics and the Warriors. Yeah, you know. But I still think the Warriors I mean, will win it. Yeah. Oh, I think Warriors totally, or Houston will, totally. will beat whoever comes out of the East. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think, uh, and yeah. Cleveland's it's, not deep at all. Cleveland, it's yeah, so I mean, disappointing because LeBron is putting in such amazing work, but it's his supporting cast is just not there. Year. You know? I hope so. Cleveland's not a great organization. I'll tell you where he, I, he's going to end up in LA, I bet. Huh? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think. I'd like to see him go to Philly. That'd be, yeah, yeah, that'd be. Yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty. He, cool. I saw there's four teams: uh, LA, Philly. I forgot. Well, Cleveland, Houston maybe. And Houston maybe. That was four. Yeah. I'd love to see him with okay, Harden. Sure. That'd be amazing. No, yeah. he no. wants he wants the spotlight. That's why I think LA. Well, yeah. maybe the Warriors. You know. That'd be. They um, would be. Nobody would ever win another basketball game be, if it yeah, was Durant, be, Curry, and then uh, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron, I mean. and then. Oh my God! Yeah, that's not fair. That's not yeah. fair. No. That's what everybody said when when the Bulls had Jordan, Pippen, and and Grant and Rodman. You know, it's like they didn't have Grant and Rodman at the same time, though. No, but no, what? But I mean, you know, they, had, they, they said it was they unfair. Had Luke Longley. <laughs> Yeah. No, they have. <laughs> That's will unfair. Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about unfair. Oh mm. man. Well, so yeah. you have an event coming up. We have an event coming at up at Fitzgerald's June third. Right on. June third. And uh, what? What's three the, to nine? Three to nine p.m. What's the June food going to be like? It's going. Oh, we're going to have uh, the carnivore food truck from Oak Park. And uh, yeah, so it's it's what we're trying to do there is like a a pop up campground. So we're gonna have like a, we're gonna have an airstream trailer. We just booked that today. We'll Should have, we bring like a tent shit or yeah, like yeah. I have one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we're gonna have the camper van with the birds. That'll be there. We got a, a woman from Indiana that's coming with a Shasta trailer. Um, so it's gonna be like a little little campground. It's all gonna be outside. If it rains, we'll be in the site. You know, we'll do. Something I think you should start a tent city in Berwyn. I mean, I think they'd love that. You know. And our friend Rick Sherry, he's got a band. It's all no cover. Rick uh, Cooking Sherry. Yeah, it's going to be the Hat Stretchers. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Where's, where, where's Devil in a Woodpile? Uh, one of the other band, band members has another gig. So it says here, Hat Stretchers, primitive country with questionable attitude. <laughs> well, yeah. So there okay. You go. And Paul Halvey, a real good friend of mine. Remember Charlie Krebs? Did you know Charlie Krebs? Yeah. He's a big White Sox fan. He passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. He's a big. He always listened to my Sean GN and stuff. And Paul's a real good friend of Charlie's, and he plays like farmers markets and. Riverside and Oak Park and stuff. Cool. So he's going to do a little acoustic set, like at four in the afternoon. It'll be very family friendly event. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. At some point, you should do an event with Al Scorch. You know him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's wonderful. Yeah, you know. 
So um, that's on June 3rd. June 3rd. 3 to 9 at Fitzgerald's and Berwyn. Yeah. I will be there. No cover. Try to keep me away. It's going to be a lot of fun. What's the carnivore food truck going to have? Well, you know what? Um, Meat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I picked up that much. (laughs) I may be a Sox fan, but I'm not totally fucking dim. (laughs) But I I think he does like an exotic spam. I got to get to the bottom of that. But I think he might might, might bring some really, he's got the best spam in the western suburbs. So I'm sure all the guys who've been in prison will love (laughs) having spam, you know? Oh, great. They're going to have spam. Fuck. (laughs) But it's going to be a fun time. Those events, have, you've done events there. They're really fun. Yeah. And, I, Fitzgerald's I, do, so I great. do all my book signings yeah. at Fitzgerald's just because I love that crowd. Yeah. You know, I love mm-hmm. what, what's going on with them? What, you know, Still on the market. I mean, you know, they're getting ready for their next festival. And, you know, I know Nick Lowe's playing. Yeah. And uh, so. Um, yeah, it's a good lineup. Yeah. You know, Sarah Borges is playing. And they Our, don't have Alvin this year, which no. I, I think Alvin and Jimmy Dale are out on the road. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they are doing that thing. So, you know, by the way, tonight I'm going to see Ike Riley at the Old Town School. I think they just actually, you want to double check this. I don't know when this airs, but I think they just added Ike Riley to the yeah. Yeah, Festival. yeah. yeah. Oh, right. You heard on. the new record? No, I haven't. Oh man, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I, I, do you ever go see him? Not in a long time. I know he plays. Fitzgerald's I have an extra night. pass for tonight if you'd like to go. No, I got. I got to work on this. I got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I just got back. I have a life, pal. I don't. I can't, <laughs> I can't be going out to rock and roll shows out every night. But uh, I, I, I saw a show last night. A friend of mine donated some money to Intonation, and I did a poster for them this year. And uh, a, a lovely guy named Chris Keogh, and I got to see uh, a concert for about 20 people, uh, Jeff Tweedy, by himself. And I got to tell you something, man. That guy is the goods. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it was just uh, mm-hmm. an amazing show. And you know what? For an hour and 10 minutes, he just answered questions and talked to oh, me. Oh, that's nice. He's a good guy. You know, you know who... Um, we just did this documentary, uh, premiered it last weekend at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's talk about, about, it's about that. Well, it's about life. I'm going to get to Pat McLaughlin. It's about life and uh, the spirit. It almost parallels this in a little bit. It's about sense of place of mm-hmm. in Springfield, uh, Missouri, the Ozarks. Uh, it's called Center of Nowhere, which is the late producer Lou Whitney always called Springfield put, the Center of which Nowhere. Which put out a phenomenal amount of great rock and roll musicians well, and rockabilly and country guys. Sure, yeah. And Alvin and Tweedy and all those guys would Bobby Lloyd m- make the effort to get to Springfield to record. And what we tried to do with this documentary, and we worked on it for five years, um, and we're going to tighten it up a little bit after what we saw last weekend. But it's like, I think we've talked about Les Blank, and we tried to do what yeah. Les Blank did is to show how the spirit of community, the religion, Springfield's the birthplace of Route 66. They've got this weird cashew chicken style thing going on there. They got the air, the, the water, how all that influences the art. And that wonderful art, man you know? who carves the birds. Oh, uh, Clem Wilding. He's just yeah, south of there. Yeah, yeah, I, bought, yeah, I bought some of yeah, those. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's about how all this culture affects the music now, now and then. And so anyway, so awesome. McLaughlin. We were. I'm going back to the songwriter thing. I don't want to just talk about me. McLaughlin showed up at our screening. I was so happy to see him. Oh, cool. And uh, he stayed. We had a little. We had some uh, artists from Springfield. We imported. They played at the Country Music Hall. McLaughlin stayed for the whole thing. And we we're talking about songwriting. He's just on top of his game right now. You know, I, I, he's he, great. He was here with Dan Arbach uh, last month, and he was in his band. He does almost all the co-writes on the, on the Dan Arbach record. He's got four co 
co-writes on the John Prine record. Yeah, the, you know, the new not, one. He's, I would I would argue that Pat McLaughlin, I mean, people in Nashville know this, but outside of Nashville, I think he's one of the most underrated music figures. The greatest in, in, in underknown yeah. songwriter like, that uh, living. He's got like a country soul thing going yeah. on. They, yeah. When he when he first broke out in Nashville in the 80s, they called him like the country Van Morrison and stuff. But he's Do just you a remember sweet that record? guy. So it was really remember? good to see him. He yeah. says hi. And, yeah. Do you remember awesome, that record yeah. from yeah. 10 years ago called The Next Five Miles? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest records I have ever bought in my life. And uh, to this day, um, I play it damn near every day. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm a huge Pat McLaughlin so It was fan, so nice to know? see him. He's got no pretension. He's just like the real yeah. guy. I, I, yeah. just, I love Pat so much. So anyway, he came to the thing when we were talking about songwriters. He, so. Is he doing the, the festival? Nah, this year? He's, you know, he's, usually, he's also been on the road with Prime a lot, but he's taking the summer off from Prime. But he was on the Arbach. Uh, you know, every Arbach Monday night he's at the station there in Nashville. Plays it, yeah. We yeah, still yeah. used to have a little bluegrass. I don't know, a little bluegrass. They had, they they had a it, bluegrass yeah. outfit yeah. every uh-huh. Monday night, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I know I, I know a really lovely young man uh, named Logan Ledger who, mm-hmm. who Steve yeah. did, did some shows with. And he was on the podcast. Yeah, and he was on the podcast with Steve. Uh, not you know a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I've, I've gone to the station to see Pat," and he goes, "And I'm just kind of too intimidated to step up there and want to do a song, you know, because these guys are great. Yeah, you know? I mean, all those guys. I was there one night, and uh, Norman Blake was there. It was years ago, and uh, and Peter Rowland. This is about the. This is not long after uh, uh, Steve made Trainer coming, uh-huh. you know, and. You know, Ray Kennedy was in the audience sure. and all those guys and Rosie Flores. And um, if, if, if when people go to Nashville, they got to check out that place, especially on Monday night. Yeah. Because Pat used to lead that. Thing, yeah, right. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Max, have you been to Nashville lately? It's really changing. You know, I went when I was 16 and, you know, I was dreading it. I was in band, so I was like, oh. They're making me go to Nashville, Tennessee. This is going to be so boring. And uh, I was taken back. You it's know, a cool it was town, man. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful town. I, I visited uh, Vanderbilt, and uh, that was a great campus. I got to perform. I got to go to uh, what's oh, what's that show they perform? Oh, that uh, the Grand Ole Opry. The Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. I got to go to that. Um, yeah, I, I got auditorium? to per- I got to perform outside of the Grand Ole Opry with. Uh, my band. It was it was cool. Oh, cool. Man. Yeah, it was a cool feeling. But um, it's really growing. It's yeah, really, really. Yeah, growing. I'd like to go back, and I'd like to check out Memphis as well. That's yeah. that's that's. Somewhere. I think Memphis has a little more grit. I mean, Memphis. That's never, what I hear. It's yeah. never been the business center that Na- you know, music business no. center that Nashville was. No, no, no it's yeah. Got a little more. And while, and while yeah. you're visiting, get down to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, mm. which was you know kind of the beginning of yeah. a great deal of really marvelous soul music. Mm. You know, James Carr, Aretha Franklin, um, Isaac Hayes, you know, yeah. Hot Buttered Soul was yeah. recorded there. There's um, a lot of the South that I've not explored, so I'd, lo- yeah. I'd love to check it out. So, Well, I'll be selling the van pretty soon. So <laughs> <laughs> you're not selling the van, no, are you? No, 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 no. It's hilarious. I want to, this summer, though, I do I'm wondering to... if you're going to wind up living in that <laughs> not, You might be surprised. I mean, I mean it... every time I talk to you, yeah, I'm driving here, I'm yeah. driving there. I mean, you, you've, well, since I you left this, the newspaper. This document, I'm, you know, I do the radio show on GN, and I take that seriously, and... Um, and um, 
the documentary took a lot of time, but really this summer I want to just take the van and spend like a couple days, you know, just up at the um, Driftless region in Wisconsin. Have you ever been there? That's that kind of south. Kelly Hogan uh, has a place up there. It's uh-huh. kind of south southwest of uh, Madison, and there's great canoeing and great hiking. It's just kind of some old hippies live up there. I just want to take the van and just spend a couple days up there and do nothing. You know, I just haven't hiking old hippies. Dad. Yeah, let's do and it. Come on. There's a, they're having a, in, in Minnesota. <laughs> they're having a. Uh, we did. I did a twenty below camping thing in there when I went to see the Prince Museum. But uh, I think awesome. it's on June eighth. They're doing Prince Night at the Twins game. Cool. They're, yeah, they're playing all Prince wow. and they're going to wear purple uniforms. And so I want to oh, maybe take, I might take the van up for that. Yeah, you know, you, got to. you know. But yeah. I've just been so busy. And we're going to be promoting the book a lot this summer. You know, for my money, Prince was every bit of the guitarist Jimi Hendrix was. Yeah. I mean, every single bit. He yeah. was just astonishing. Yeah. Uh, so this summer, oh, I kind of want to. I kind of want to have try to have, just have some fun on my own in it. You know, there I want to. Yeah, like the Cascade. I heard. I just read a story of the Cascade Driving out in West Chicago. They might be closing down. I've been no. going there for years. Yeah, it's, I heard that property's for sale. So I want to take the. Van. I actually had some of my greatest romance yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> so. they're in the sky. I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah right. Fifty three <laughs> North Avenue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to take the van to the driving. You know, people don't think about that, but just get, mm-hmm. get the van. Maybe the three of us will go. Yeah, yeah. See, see a movie. We should maybe bring some women. <laughs> yeah, I think, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be a good would, idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. To be honest, I'm still surprised it's still it's still going. You know? It's got thirty two thousand. I took it to Nashville. I took it to Nashville. No, I mean the drive-in. Oh, the oh, I thought you met the van. Um, yeah, I mean that's what happened. The Skylark was over by my parents' house in Naperville, and you know it got eaten up by good real estate values and stuff. So the, yeah. these big, large swatches of, of property, you know, that are good for development. So I think that's what's going. What might happen with the Cascade? There's I one down seeing, in Litchfield. I hate seeing drive-ins. Oh, there's go one away, down man. in there's yeah. one down in Litchfield. Uh, that's about an hour north of St. Louis. It's called the Route 66 Drive-In. It's great. They have first-run films, and um, it, it's just right off of 66, and soybean fields in the back, and it's just really a rural. There's not a, It's like in farm country. It's wow. not a suburban situation. It's. I'd yeah. recommend that one. We've never done a drive-in. Really? Yeah, I have to confess. Oh, man. You know, we used to sneak guys in. We'd, like, hide them in the trunk and shit. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the uh. guy who was, who was hired to, like, look in your trunk and make sure nobody was sneaking in, we just give him a joint or something, you know. We knew the guy, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and uh, you, you got to go to the Cascade. We pay like, I'd, lo- I'd love to. I'd there. love to check it out. It's something that I, you know, you always see it in the movies. Is like a kid my age, and you're like, "Wow, I wonder what that was." We like. should do but that it, this summer, man. Let's do that. No. Let's just do that some night. Get like a big picnic thing together and. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Bring a bunch yeah. of people. They yeah, talked about how fun. the Cascade. I mean, you know, some drive-ins keep up with the times because now you you don't have to worry about those little speakers. You stick in your car. You can listen to the show on your radio. I mean, listen yeah. to the audio on your radio. Yeah. But the Cascade, I think they even restored those little speakers that you would put in the car. Oh so yeah, I think that's oh, kind of cool. You know, to really get the full experience and stuff. And, I'd love yeah. to do. But that, yeah, man. we bring the camper van. We got a refrigerator in there, and you know, it's yeah. Just, you know, so that sounds great, man. No bathroom. There's no bathroom in the camper van. Well, there's a bathroom in the, the drive-in, right? Yeah. You can walk to yeah, it. Yeah, you, you know. that's what we would do. I mean, <laughs> or you can just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little flashlights. <laughs> got, a little, got a little bucket. Yeah, know. right, right. Yeah. We can all the just bucket. tinkle in the bucket. If you got to drop a deuce, you're out of luck, yeah. you know? Yeah. The guys, you know, that, that was the story with the van is that um, – I bought the uh, I bought the transit van in St. Louis. And then we had it shipped up to Elkhart, the RV capital, 
of uh, America, where there are a lot of, as you know, there are a lot of, a lot of Trump people in. Oh yeah, in <laughs> there are people there who are their own uncles. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. oh, uh, uh, but um, anyway, that was one of their ideas. I kind of, so I kind of decided the specs on the van myself. But we talked about a little portable toilet in there, and I didn't think that was. No, like a, like no, it would be like a no. bucket type. Sounds smelly. No, yeah, you right. yeah. yeah, you don't want to drop a deuce yeah. in, your, in your domicile. Yeah, in your car, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. I'm going to go to car and crap. <laughs> oh, hey, great. Good for you. Yeah. But well, we could do it. It has a sink. It has a desk. It has a bed. So it, it's nice. It's really nice. So you got a rolling stabbing cabin, yeah. my and we've friend. Done, you know, we've done a couple remotes on it for WGN. We, take it, we did take it to Fitzgerald for a couple remotes. So it, it's been, we've had a lot of fun with it. Cool, man. We got to get a mobile Max and Tony van then. That's that's next. I think that this podcast, it would behoove us to be able to do it while we're driving around the country. Oh, that'd be great. And Hmm. ship the thing over to Paris and drive it all over France, all over Italy, all over, you know, Switzerland, Germany. Uh, Belgium sounds like a plan. I have yeah. a friend in, uh, in right now. It's at thirty-two thousand miles, and I have a friend in Santiago, Chile, and um, I keep telling her she really wants to do this. That I would, um, she'd fly up here, and we would. This would be. A, I'd have to get an agent and a real pub, a, a publisher, a really good publisher. You have to be really, really careful. Well, what you would do is drive to this to. Uh, we've kind of mapped it out. You drive the camper van from Chicago to Santiago. There's only be one. No, Mexico would be Mexico. tough. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mexico would be rough. And there's only one. You have to go on a ferry by Panama. You take it on a boat. Yeah. But then, then you're home for you go through. I'm not scared of Colombia. No, I mean, uh, look, uh, and honestly, I don't really think you have to be scared of uh but mexico i'd be a little yeah there's a little there's a little bit of weirdness with the the cartels and the kidnapping for profit kind of racket you Mm -hmm. know but i mean they're even people are kind of not going to uh uh tijuana you know because they're Terrified really? of that because it's happened. Because I was in Tijuana about five years ago. It was it was okay. I mean, yeah. I didn't I didn't yeah. go too far off the beaten path, but there were some great don't tequila go, bars and don't, museums. Don't and, go off. My the friends went path. to Cancun and they were getting like warn, warnings about going there. It's well, Cancun I, outside of there. I guess big there's a lot shooting of, there just in the last month. Fourteen yeah. people got killed really? on the street. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's that that was like the, the article know, they were being sent. Like every day, the cartels have kind of infiltrated almost. Every, you know, profit center, and hmm. uh, you know, at a certain point, I, I honestly think the only way to break the back of the illegal drug trade is to make it all legal. Yeah, yeah. You take away the profit center, and you know the war on drugs. Well, there's a great yeah. movie on the war on drugs. I think it, this well, is the our war on this drugs is our house, is, yeah. uh, or the war on drugs is our house. The war on the called. poor. You know, yeah, that's basically what it. I mean, that's basically what it's color, telling you. you um, this documentary, I recommend that. But, I um, mean, if I'm, I'm if if I'm you know a farmer in you know Colombia or Mexico and uh, barely in subsistence living, I'm, am I going to switch to growing pot and selling it? <laughs> Fuck yes, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, it should it should be legal. You know, it should absolutely be legal. You know, and truthfully, uh, I think damn near every other drug should be legal too. There's no nothing in the Constitution that says the government's supposed to be your mom and protect you from yourself. I mean, if mortality yeah. rate were the big question, well, alcohol wouldn't be legal, yeah. or cigarettes. Cigarettes, you know? yeah, yeah. 
it kills, you know, a uh, hundred times as many people as fentanyl or, or heroin. Or, yeah, they say, I mean. they say nicotine is uh, way harder to kick than heroin. I don't, you know, I don't know, but Nicotine's, I mean, it's, it's if very that's hard the case, to stop then, smoking. Yeah, I mean, believe me, I've done it. Done and it, yeah. uh, um, it's, it was harder than the other addictions. It really was. Really? Yeah. yeah so, yeah, way harder. Yeah. I mean, if that's what they're worried about, the addictive part, then. Why not just ban cigarettes? I, I, and I'm not saying ban cigarettes. I think that's completely stupid. But no, we're I mean at a certain point, addiction you know, uh, the government's that. not supposed to be your mom. Not supposed to tell you what to believe, what you can consume. What you know, uh, you know, they have to give you credit for being able to police yourself. You know, which mm-hmm. is kind of a st- stupid thought now that I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hey, this was. Let great me ask you a question. <laughs> Was before you wrap it up, talk, talk, it's kind of in the book, but uh, why did you pick those birds for the van? Well, your mom liked birds, and uh, here and there, her and I had a little conversation about them because you know, she I guess you showed her some of the bird images and, and maybe the book. And I thought these were uh, these were songbirds, these are birds who sing every day, you know, and I thought. I thought it was kind of the best way to honor your parents, to be perfectly frank with you, you know. And uh, the one, the one bird, uh, Petite, uh, especially, yeah, right, very sweetly singing bird. And it's, I made that bird about the aerial artist Philip Petite, the guy who walked between the two twin towers, and the people on the ground. It looked like he was just walking on air, and there was something kind of magical about that, and. Uh, I thought that those were kind of some of the ideas you had about your mom. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, we very we chose very carefully, you know. Well, thanks. And you know, I mean, I was reading that one article that just came out, and it just like I told you guys before we started, it seems like such a long time ago that I, I wrote that book, and I really was right after they died. And I think there are themes about community and family and yeah. feelings of community and, and memory that I, that I didn't even realize. Yeah. Yeah, that I was maybe even putting words to paper about that. Yeah, maybe yeah. some weird process that I was. I mean, I haven't really looked at the There's read, no... read the book, but it, maybe it was like really therapeutic for me. Yeah, yeah I don't know. You know, well, Dave, there's no there's no wrong way to grieve. Yeah, you know? yeah right. And, yeah. and believe me, I, uh, you know, um, uh, my mother passed away a year and a half ago, right. and uh, it's uh, still something. That I deal with every day. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. That body—I mean, your body of work throughout time—that explains what you were going through in your life. I look at all my old work, especially like now. I'm looking at all my old college stuff to see if I can like revive anything. And I was just like, oh man, I felt so like uh, maybe angry at times, or maybe like just like this like student. I just felt like you know not worthy of at times. I could tell my work reflected really in that, and it's yeah, just yeah, it's yeah. just what you're going through. As yeah. a college student, I was like, man, I can't wait to get out of college so I could just do stuff that I want to do. I won't be distracted. And I can tell, like, all my work is based on this, like, 
I don't know, like I, I just hate being like told what to do, <laughs> like kind yeah, of message, right. and that's, that's runs what into it, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, no, that's the thing. I mean, just, I'm, I'm a little worried when through. we did the soul food, and I'll, I'll shut up. But when we did the soul food and civil rights thing, there were no books like that out. Like, right. yeah. well, nobody's done this now. There's a lot of books like this out that are coming out now. This you is know a hot what? Trend. But I'll you know bet what? You this, anything? There's no books like this. Well, yeah. This is. I mean, now we're thinking about. I'm reading a little bit of the press. I mean, it's it's kind of a personal journey. Yeah, is that maybe what sets it apart? You know, I always follow your blog entries and uh because you know you're a natural storyteller and i think what the road availed availed you to was a great deal more stories i mean mm-hmm. i think the best thing in the world to happened was you leaving the sun times yeah actually i mean it, I, it worked I, out I okay think, i honestly <laughs> on a personal and i mean that's and i've been able to spend the last year year and a half of my of their lives with taking care of my parents you know yeah uh, yeah and i i think it was honestly in a weird way like getting out of jail for you yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. you were free to do whatever the hell you wanted yeah and not have to sell it to an editor, not have to explain why it was important, and not have to wonder why do these fuckheads not think this is important, yeah. you know? Um, you know, I'm a big fan of being your own boss, you know? Uh, it's the only way I know how to do it, and I, I suspect, you know... I just have to work at, on my organizational your, skills. <laughs> yeah, but look, look at your output since yeah. you left yeah, the newspaper, right. man. All these books coming out. Yeah, right. You know, books are forever, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Congratulations, and we will see you the third at Fitzgerald's. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, Dave. Be well. Okay, thanks. Kid, take us home. All right, the Max and Tony Show. Thank you, guys. Hey guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 36th episode. Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Big shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. Don't forget to check out Adventureland Gallery and the Dime Showroom at 1513 Northwestern. We are showing Rick Tellinger and Heather Horton. Rick Tellinger is at Adventureland and Heather Horton is in the Dime. Want to catch up on old episodes? Have any burning questions to ask Max or Tony? Then go to themaxandtonyshow.com and tune in next time for our 37th episode. Back where I started.